This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is good? Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a Q&A. Now, before we dive into the questions, I just wanted to remind you of my two training programs that just dropped this week. Because as of today, as the time you're listening to this, the programs close on Sunday, 621, and these will never be available again. So the two programs, Functional Aesthetics and Functional Fat Loss, are a great fit for both men and women alike. Whether you're a coach insecure because you don't know what to prescribe your clients, or you're someone that's been spinning your wheels in the gym for the last 6 to 12 months. After you pass your newbie gains, you stop making progress. Or finally, if you're just a burnt out veteran looking to fall in love with your, your training again, these programs are a good fit for you. So click the link in the show notes to hop on board. Again, register, registration closes on 621 and these won't be available again. All right. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Q&A. So first question of the day is, what are your opinions on the starting strength routines as a way to program for clients? All right. So for those of you that don't know starting strength, then actually let me pull up the starting strength routines here real quick. I think it's just, yeah, they have it just widely available now. All right. So starting strength is hella basic so basically it is just you have day one and day two day one you squat for three sets of five day two you squat for three sets of five day or day one is squat three sets of five press overhead press or bench press for three sets of five and deadlift for one set of five you repeat that on day two and i believe they starting strength was one of the first books about like programming that i read and i believe they have you alternate between the press like an overhead press and a bench press and then when we move into day two we enter there's like and i believe that's the first week phase then we have or the first like month phase then we move into phase two where they implement what a power clean yeah they start a power clean and then phase three which i believe this is supposed to be essentially over the course of three to four months then we then we um implement a chin up so the whole like if the most evolved version of the beginner starting strength program is we just alternate these days and i believe we train three times a week day one we do squats for three sets of five day two or damn it day one we do squats for three sets of five we hit a three by five bench press and we hit a one by five deadlift or three by five or five by three power cleans and then day two of the program we hit a three by three by five squat once again. We hit a three by five bench press or overhead press again, whichever we didn't hit on the first day, and we hit some chin ups. All right. So the reality is, I'm not a huge fan of this for most clients. Now, one of the biggest emphases, and I believe, like eventually in the book he works in, because again, this is a book I read a long time ago. Um, Mark Ripito is the author. I believe he works in like weighted chin-ups as well as your core work, but I'm all for keeping things simple when needed. But I truly believe that this for most clients, first and foremost, buy-in is such a huge part of getting our clients good results. 
And the reality is if our clients get bored with their programming, they don't follow it as well or they don't, they're not having fun with it. They're not as engaged. They're not as inconsistent with it. Therefore, then we're not really helping them. Um, so even if, if starting strength was the most optimal for most clients, unless it's somebody that like, and again, this goes into like your initial consultation with clients, literally talking through like, what's your personality type? Are you a planner? Do you like to see things change a lot? Or does it freak you out when things change a lot? Um, asking different questions like that is very helpful. But then for most clients, I would literally just from an engagement standpoint, I would like to at least like this program part of it. Like if we hit a squat three by five for 12 weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Same thing with our bench, with our overhead press or our bench press or our deadlift. But from there, I would at least add in like some type of, okay, now we're going to hit like some biceps and triceps we're gonna hit we're gonna work in some lateral raises maybe a little bit of core stability work some type of finisher something like that and we could change that up more frequently to keep the client engaged and having fun i just don't think there's nearly enough accessory work in this program to actually keep people that are following it injury free or pain free long term there's the biggest red flag to me out of all this is that there's literally no horizontal pulling work, no rowing work, which is one of the most important things to keep our shoulders strong and healthy. We have a lot more pressing than it would do anything for your upper back. We have chin-ups, which yeah, are a vertical pull, but, and like that, one of the biggest problems with starting strength as a whole is it's very much like, it's like saying everybody should follow one specific diet, which a lot of people are very, um, starting strength to some people is almost like a religion, but the reality is like so many new clients that come, especially if you're an in-person trainer, well shit, that's not true in person and online, but so many clients will start coaching with you that literally don't have good enough mobility to reach overhead. They have really achy knees and they can't hit a squat. They have this terrible back pain or they've had back injuries and they can't do a barbell deadlift from the floor. So trying to force feed these movements to them isn't a good idea. You're going to create worse injuries. Most of your clients just don't, like many of your clients just won't give a fuck about being able to do a barbell squat, a barbell bench press, or a barbell deadlift. They want to look good. They want to feel good. And they want to do that in a manner that's that helps alleviate their pain, not aggravate more. So when we get too married to, which honestly, this is probably my biggest issue with like how people generally approach starting strength as a whole is this thinking that everybody has to barbell back squat, barbell bench press, barbell deadlift, barbell overhead press. If you don't do that, you are a, fa- a failure essentially. But so not true. Like, especially, again, for our clients, most of them don't give a shit about that. Unless a client is very specifically attached to it, I want to be able to barbell back squat uh, 315 for five reps. Then, of course, it's a good idea back squat. But we need to be very cautious to not get dogmatic about this. So what I would say is like one of the positives about starting strength is they do focus on progressive overload. So one of the biggest things they focus on is, okay, we're going to add load to the bar. Um, we're going to try to like across the course of weeks, we're just implementing overload, which of course is smart. And many people miss out on and just do the same sets, reps, weight and movements for months and months and months on end which of course leads to no progression. Um, Now that said, again, there's a reason like starting strength is essentially 
somewhat similar to like a power lifters program somewhat i should say because it's not really periodized all that much and keep in mind this is very much granted give it or geared towards beginners so the one population i would say this would work towards is like a or work well for decently well for is like a younger male or female alike who doesn't have any aches and pains any training issues has good mobility so maybe if you were like like let's say a high school football player we know you don't need a crazy amount of volume you're new to training then like this would be a decent foundation to progress upon but also we need some smart accessory work in here to keep you pain free even like as a high school athlete whereas like in high school (laughs) you're weirdly like invincible and none of the stupid shit you do hurts your body um but still like we want more rows in here we want some face pulls we want some knee flexion to make sure our knees aren't smashed from all these or our knees aren't trashed from all these squats that we're doing because they're literally squatting every day on this program every day you train on this program um again we want some anti-movement work to make sure our core is strong um so as a whole and then again like even a little bit of bodybuilding work blended in here for many people is going to be a lot more fun now that said bodybuilding work definitely isn't a must so like you don't have to go in there and do lateral raises bicep curls tricep extensions but i would say for sure like to make this program more holistic or like more well-rounded again it is a decent foundation of like our main lifts like there's the big three squat bench deadlift so how i would look at this is if we wanted to if we wanted to adapt this to like or how i'd adapt it we'd probably keep for like a beginner trainee who wanted to follow the basic structure we would keep this basic big three focus but we're gonna look at their injuries their anatomy figure out what movements fit them so i would say like some type of squat variation so maybe that's a back squat maybe it's a front squat maybe it's a split squat like a heavy barbell back barbell back loaded split squat um similarly with the press okay maybe they have, they have bad shoulders so they do better with instead of a, a barbell press like a dumbbell low incline press or maybe instead of our overhead press we have to do like a viking press so and the exact same thing with the deadlift maybe it's a trap bar deadlift maybe it is an elevated deadlift but we're looking at movement patterns not these specific movements that everyone has to do and then from there i would just be sure to add in i would add in at least one rowing pattern i would probably have them row twice a week actually you'd probably okay to do chin-ups be okay to do chin-ups once a week row once a week and then actually no i would just add a i would add a row to i'm sorry this is so convoluted so we have day one day two and then we repeat day one so i would add either a row or a face pull to day one and then i would add to our day we don't have deadlifts i would add some type of knee flexion movement so like t- some type of lying leg curl and then at least once a week i would have them do like some type of loaded carries um to get some or just some type of anti-movement work as a whole to get a little bit of core conditioning or a little bit of core stability work in there to make sure that it doesn't become an issue with you constantly training these big compound lifts and that is my thoughts on starting strength 
All right, next up from the membership training site, we have tell the bullet points of what your nutrition only programming is like. What is the first chat like? What do you offer? Time length of your packages, etc. And this is from Jen. Shout out to Jen. She just got certified th through Precision Nutrition, and I know she's um, a trainer before, but now she's also started nutrition coaching. So, um, when I bring somebody on for nutrition coaching only, which I would say is about forty percent of my clients, first and foremost, like the initial call is the biggest piece of all of this, and I truly don't know how anyone can say that they pr provide an individualized service without like an initial call. So here we just go stupid in depth on all the things that make you as a client unique, your lifestyle, everything you've struggled with in the past so I can make sure the program is best fit for you as an individual. So typically this call takes 60 to sometimes 90 minutes. Um, really we go like, I wanna know everything about you. So truly like, <laughs> Do you, do you have a significant other? What are they like? Are they on board with all of this? What diets have you tried in the past? What's caused you to fall off? And really actually, so like the first part of the call is really just getting to know the client and really connecting with them and figuring out why this actually matters to them. Because the reality is like anyone listening to this podcast could see one of my client's transformations on Instagram, say, oh shit, like I would love to, I would love to transform like that, right? But if you're not deeply connected to why you really give a shit about this, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to change. Because the reality is when you start coaching with me, it is going to be a big lifestyle change. I am going to push you hard. That is literally my goal, my job as your coach. So I literally ask people like, okay, where are you at now? Where do you want to be? And then when they explain that, I'll ask, okay, so why do you really give a shit about that? Which kind of catches people offhand at first. But then we actually get deep into like, okay, past, like, of course, everybody wants to have more confidence and everybody wants to look good in a swimming suit. But why do you really care? Why does it really matter? How is this actually impacting your life negatively? What happens if you don't change? Like, where are you at five to 10 years down the road from now if you decide to change now versus if you don't? And we really take the time to talk through that. Like, what's the pain that this is causing them right now? Because again, for most people, avoiding pain is the biggest thing that creates change. So if we don't dive into that, if you don't see, like, if you just choose to invest in coaching, but you don't actually feel like not changing isn't making your life worse, or if you don't understand how dope your life could be when you finally create this version of yourself that you wanted to for years, you're a lot less likely to change. So a big part of the call is just talking through that. Then we talk through, again, their nutrition struggles in the past. So what diets do you struggle with? What worked for you? What didn't? What's your lifestyle like? How often do you like to go out? What are some foods that you've had or that you really want to make sure we incorporate? Um, different things like that. And then we'll figure out what we think at this point is the best diet structure for the client, which is never something that's set in stone. And I always tell people this is very much a collaboration between the two of us. This is never just me telling you like, all right, here's the plan. Stick to it 100%, right? It's very much like you give me feedback on how things are going, what you're struggling with. I give you my thoughts and we collaborate every week to come up with the best plan. So here we're just figuring out, okay, so we have a couple different options. Do you think tracking macros is the best fit? Maybe it's just calories and protein. Maybe it's a portion size diet. Um, I've literally made up so many new diet structures on this call. But the point is here, 
we're talking through this together to figure out what we both think is something that you can sustain long term. Because I want to be the last coach you ever have to work with. And I can't do that for you. I can't empower you with the knowledge and actually give you a diet that's super sustainable if I first don't know what you struggled with in the past and what you feel you need to maintain, what aspects you need to keep in in order to be successful long term. So we go super deep into that. And that's essentially the initial call. So from there, um, let's see, as far as packages, I always ask that everybody commits to at least three months minimum. Again, with the goal of being the last, me being the last coach that you ever work with, I just feel like this is the minimum amount of time that I need to make sure that I've thoroughly educated you and empowered you to be able to go off and be successful on your own without me, which again is the long-term goal of all of this. So I don't work with anybody that's not willing to commit to at least three months of coaching. Um, from there, then I shoot you a questionnaire. Now, again, by this point, I already have a very in-depth knowledge of who you are, what you struggle with, and what I think is the best fit for you. But the questionnaire is kind of just like going through your life with a fine-tooth comb, making sure that there's nothing that we are missing here that I need to take into account to give you the best program possible. So in here, I ask questions like, how can I be the best possible coach for you? And this is also something to discuss on the call. Like, hey, how do you like to be hold, held accountable? Because the reality is like, this is so much the art of coaching. Some clients need you to just be more of a hard ass with them. Whereas some just need empathy and like, hey, I need a win right now. Like, I need you to be very supportive. But if we get that mixed up with clients, if we're not supporting them properly, then they're not going to respond as well. So that's something we touch on in the initial call and also in the consultation. And then if you watched my video, I dropped what the vlog I released last week about my metric tracker. I literally put my notes of like how they want to be coached in the top of the metric tracker that I give you. So I can make sure every time I'm communicating with you, that's always at top of mind. And this is truly one of the most helpful things I've done as a coach. Um, I believe this idea originally sparked with Brett Bartholomew's book, Conscious Coaching. Super good read for any coaches out there if you're trying to get better at communicating with your clients. So from there, I choose you the questionnaire. I do a nutrition assessment. So this depends, but most of my clients are going to track macros or track calories and protein because I do attract more intermediate to advanced clients. So here, I'll just have you let me basically I'll send instructions on how I can hop into my fitness pal. And then from there, I'll have you track everything you eat for the next three days. And this is where I get a baseline of where we need to start you nutritionally, because the reality is I could just plug your height, weight and activity factor into an online calculator and give you whatever number that spits out. But that is not at all individualized to you. So doing the nutrition assessment, one allows me to give you a good starting point for where you need to be calorically for you as an individual, but also it allows me to look through your food logs and determine like, okay, here, I see a few things where we might be missing some of your nutrient needs. Here's some different foods I would focus on. Or even like just to start out to make your success easier out of the gate, hey, I would like add some more protein to dinner. Here's some easy food sources we could work in here to help with satiation, different things like that. So this nutrition assessment is truly very helpful for me as a coach to help you get better results. And then finally, the metric tracker, which I'm guessing most people listening to this podcast, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen pictures of my metric tracker before. 
If not, if you go to my website, barefit.com, my vlog from last week again is just like a deep dive into all things that I put into my metro tracker, exactly what it looks like. If you're a coach, you can literally take what I did and recreate it as your own for your clients. And the metric tracker is truly a huge piece of this. This is where, since I don't work with you in person, this is how I hold you accountable every damn day. So here, and this does depend on the individual, but we'll drop in, like say you're a client tracking macros. So you'll drop your macros in there every day. You'll drop your weight at least three times a week. So we can see the weekly average, which is as far as weight goes, the biggest thing I look at. If you're a fat loss focused client, we will have you track your steps to make sure you're not seeing a decrease in movement, which could lead to a fat loss stall. And on a side note, that's a weird thing that a lot of coaches don't track that you should for fat loss clients. Because as we eat less, our body wants to conserve energy. Our bodies want to stay comfortably fluffy. So as we eat less, often without realizing it will decrease movement. So this just makes sure that that's not happening because otherwise we can get in this frustrating situation where clients are seemingly doing everything right but they're still not seeing fat loss because we're not tracking their movement and we don't know they've reduced steps by like four to 5,000 daily. So that makes a massive difference. And then we track sleep, hunger levels, recovery, and training performance. And that depends on the client. So if it's a more advanced client, for example, like a CrossFitter that wants to crush it in the gym or somebody that just wants to get jacked, of course, we're going to track recovery and training performance. So we can see one, how you're programming, and okay, this is specific to nutrition and coaching only, so programming wouldn't be applicable here, but one, how we're feeding you, how that's fueling you in the gym, and fueling your recovery. Do we need to feed you a little bit more? Are we okay to push a little bit harder? Different things like that. Now, sometimes this will just be energy, and again, like these columns, what are in this metric tracker very much varies depending on the individual, what you think, what we think we need to track. So like for a highly stressed out individual who just wants to find better lifestyle balance, shit, we might be tracking like, yo, did you call, did you call a friend once a week? Did you meditate today? It's truly so diverse and it, but again, that's the beauty of individualized coaching. And then you also take your body measurements and they're weekly. And the reality is for fat loss clients, that is the biggest thing that I adjust nutrition off of. So from there, then we go through a weekly check-in, which is just a Google form that um, is dropped in your inbox every Sunday. And then I always have clients get it back to me by Monday at noon. And from there, we make your weekly adjustments. I adjust your nutrition. And then we just go back and forth on things throughout the week. And I encourage, like, it's called a weekly check-in, but I encourage clients, like, ask me a shit ton of questions. The more questions you ask me, I've said this on so many calls, the more questions you ask me, the more you get out of this. So I, I love it when clients, it's not at all like we just talk once a week and that's it. Really, I encourage my clients to blow me up with questions because that's how I know when they leave, they'll be able to stay in this long term because they took a ton of education and knowledge away from this. And then from there, the magic is just in the adjustments and the coaching process. So those are really the deliverables that I give out. I guess I shoot out a nutrition guide too um, that takes you through like my recommendations for meal timing, um, how you should place your macros, different foods, and just some other considerations, meal prep, things like that. And then from there, again, the beauty is, or the magic is in the adjustments. So then that's just going through the coaching process of every week. How's your body changing? What's your adherence like? Um, the things that I know you have going on in your life. Oh, and one last thing I do lay out as well is 
periodization within the metric tracker. Um, so here I, I literally like to lay out for clients. Okay, here's, here's, I shouldn't say exactly because this isn't set in stone, but here's what I estimate your next six months are going to look like. So for example, for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be in a fat loss phase, or maybe we'll spend the first two weeks in a prepare phase, and then we're going to hop into a fat loss phase. And then I noticed you had a vacation right here that you mentioned. That's actually perfect time for a two-week diet break. So I'm, I'm guesstimating we'll take one then, then we're going to probably hop back into a fat loss phase for another, I would guesstimate, eight weeks. And by that point, I think you'll be at your fat loss goal. So then we're going to spend the next four weeks reverse dieting, and this could potentially take four to six weeks. Then we're going to spend a couple weeks at maintenance, and then we'll likely transition you to a lean gains phase. So I like to lay all that out just to give the client a very clear roadmap of exactly what we're doing for the next six months. And that truly gives people so much confidence in the plan and just literally being able to see it laid out right there in the tracker every week. Okay, here's what it looks like we're doing. And for most people, again, that's very like reassuring and just creates a lot more buy-in. And you as a coach too should know like what is our plan going forward? Because if, you, if you're just winging it every week, the odds are your clients probably aren't going to get great results and they're not going to have a lot of confidence in the process if they just feel like you're winging it every week. So in a nutshell, um, that is what starting nutrition coaching with me looks like. All right. Final question of the day. How would you program for a client that wants to build their shoulders? All right. So when it comes to building shoulders, we know that generally the movements that are going to create the most stimulus for growth are going to be some variation of a shoulder press or an overhead press. That said, we also know that most people can smash their shoulder joints pretty quickly by too, doing too much pressing volume. And we also have to take into account the fact that our horizontal presses, so like um, bench press variations, floor presses, push-ups, incline presses, those also are going to work our delts or our shoulders to an extent. So we really need to... To really program your shoulders, it honestly takes a lot of thought into how you're actually programming. So for an online client that, that wants to build their shoulders, typically how I'll lay it out, and let's just apply this to an upper-lower split. Um, I got functional aesthetics on the brain right now. So let's just literally look at like how I laid this out in functional aesthetics or similar to how I laid it out in functional aesthetics because I don't want to give away more of the program than I already have. So basically... We have two upper body days across the course of a week. And this is true for, I would say, the majority of my clients. Again, it very much varies, but the majority of my clients with aesthetic goals are training either four times a week or five times a week. But it's a little bit easier to explain with four times a week, so I'm going to go with that. So typically, we'll have one horizontally focused push-pull day. So usually that'll be day one. So our first movement of the day would be a bench press, for example. Now here, if we look at the shoulder, we have our front delts, our side delts, and our rear delts. Our bench press already recruits our front delts to a pretty significant degree. So we know we're already hitting our we're already um, hitting our delts with a decent training stimulus there. Now, if we are bench or if we're overhead pressing, if shoulders are a priority, we still have to think that. If we're overhead pressing, if we're doing shoulder presses before we're bench pressing, um, our delts can very quickly become the limiting factor, keeping us from effectively stimulating our chest muscles. Whereas if we're bench pressing, 
we're stimulating our chest, we are stimulating our delts. So then when we go into our shoulder presses later, our delts are still just a limiting factor, So, it's, which is exactly what we want with a shoulder press, whereas the chest isn't greatly involved in an overhead press, so we're not really concerned about that. So it makes sense to, I think, have at least, even if your goal is just straight shoulder hypertrophy, to have one day a week where we're doing a horizontal press first, and then we're following that with a vertical press. So actually, this would probably look like horizontal push, horizontal pull and then we're going into like some vertical push which would be like your overhead press variation or shoulder press variation and then some type of horizontal pull so from there then on our second upper body day then i would likely we'd likely switch this to like a vertical push pull emphasis first so here we would do um well like we could do a barbell overhead press which honestly when we're looking at if we're talking straight hypertrophy or just building big shoulders, we probably want to remove as many other potential limiting factors as possible. So like the barbell overhead press is a harder movement because we're less stable. We're standing. Whereas like a dumbbell seated shoulder press is probably a better movement for hypertrophy. So um, I'm, and I'm a big fan of the dumbbell seated press, seated shoulder press in general. So I would probably start with like that and then like some type of chin up wide grip pull up or even a lat pull down variation and then following that then we could go into a horizontal push pull so there the reality is when we're combining like for most people once we get past six to eight hard sets per week of overhead pressing of overhead work shoulders just start to get banged up so for most people, we don't really want to get past the point, especially because, again, we have to consider the fact that all our horizontal presses are also working our shoulders to an extent. So our shoulders already get hit with a lot of pressing volume. And if we go too far past that, then we can get banged up very quickly. So again, I like to program about at most six to eight sets, hard sets per week of straight overhead work. And usually it makes sense to try to progress these in the six to 12 rep range. Um, from there, then we just wanna be where we can add a lot more volume to your shoulders and really get them to grow is with side delt raises and rear, rear delt raises. So basically lateral raise and back fly variation. So the reality here is we can train these again super frequently because we're not creating a huge amount of damage to the side delts or the rear delts and they are a small muscle group so they can recover quicker so here like after our i would first start by adding volume to these upper body days so after we've hit that horizontal push pull and vertical push pull or vice versa depending on whether it's our first upper body day or our second upper body day then i would add in some type of shoulder finisher both days. So be it like DeFranco's shoulder shocker. Um, it could be like some type of lateral raise drop set, something like that. That's smart. Again, we're getting a lot of metabolite work. So basically we're getting this strength slash hypertrophy work for our overhead presses. And then we're mixing in some metabolite work. We're just chasing a pump more with like these shoulder finishers. And then from there, then I would start to, if you're somebody that's training five times a week, I would add in more volume on that fifth day with like face pulls, dumbbell back flies, a different like a cable lateral raise, for example. And here too, when we're working in these different variations of side, side raises and rear delt raises. And here what I would do is choose the lateral raise variations or the back fly variations. I would literally choose two that you feel the absolute best mind muscle connection on 
and progress them across the course of a mesocycle. So maybe one day you're training them in the 10 to 15 rep range, another day you're training them in the 15 to 20 rep range. So here I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. So basically on these two upper body days, I would have some type of metabolite work, like some type of shoulder finisher. And then at the end of your lower body days, if we still aren't seeing the shoulder growth that we want and our shoulder recovery is still good, then I would start adding volume to the end of the lower body days with these lateral raise variations, these backfly variations. And again, this is where I would choose like one to two variations that you feel very good with. You have a great mind muscle connection to your delts with. And I would progress them again. I would do like once a week in the 10 to 15 rep range, once a week in the 15 to 20 rep range, and just progress those across the course of a mesocycle. And we can, I would start with like two to three sets on each. I would start adding that to one lower body day. Then if you want to see more progress, add it to another lower body day. And then we can look at increasing total number of hard sets. And I would progress that across a mesocycle. And then... If going into the next mesocycle, you want to continue to grow your shoulders or your client wants to continue to grow their shoulders, if those movements still feel good, if they still feel fresh, we can keep them in or we can sub them in for a different lateral raise variation. Because the reality is you can do like lateral raises a lot, like really up to, I would say probably 20 sets a week um, of just lateral raises. Now, the reality is that's definitely something I would work up to because that is a shit ton, but we can work in super high frequency here, up to six times per week. And this is something that I did a long time ago that actually really, really helped my shoulders. Again, not a lot of overhead pressing. I, I mean, I was overhead pressing twice a week, so a normal amount, that like six to eight sets, but a ton of lateral raises. And for any client, um, one specifically comes into mind, who wanted to grow their shoulders, this is the strategy that I've used. Basically, we add volume. We don't really change that much of how we would program a normal split. We don't really add that much shoulder or overhead pressing volume. We just add a lot more volume via lateral raises, rear delt raises. And the reality is because your front delts get a lot of work already, we don't need to program in a lot of like front raises, things like that. And that's how I do it. All right, and that is all I have for you today. Again, Thank you for being here. I appreciate everyone that listens. If you enjoyed the show, do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of this podcast, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. I want to connect with you, and together, we're really growing the reach of this show. Again, thank you for tuning in. This is Living Lean.